want to be healthy, if you want to bear fruit, then you've got to be in the soil of God's presence, you've got to be in the soil of God's word, and you've got to be in the soil of God's community. And that healthy, thriving, vibrant, fruit-bearing, freedom believers are found in the presence of God, are found in the word of God, and are found in the family of God. Welcome to the special Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio, featuring Pastor Daniel Fusco and guests. Each week we share a conversation between Daniel and the special guests that join him. The American church is weak, and the last two years have made her weakness more evident. People have been looking inside themselves for answers. Some have reached out to the church, but many in the church realized they don't know the answers either. Join Pastor Daniel as he talks with Pastor Banning about this problem. Now, here's Daniel and Banning with the Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio. I always love it when I read in the Bible that God says that I've numbered every hair on your head. And I'm oh, like, and yes. talking about the highest of intimacy. I mean, I'm like, I should have been named Esau probably. I got so much hair on my head, you know? It's like, <laughs> so that's how intimate God is. And for each one of us, God is with you right where you are, even yes. if you're not aware of it. Yes, yes. I mean, that's the beauty of what Jesus did on the cross. I remember a guy talking about, a preacher was saying that when the veil was torn, what Jesus did on the cross that tore the veil, a preacher just, it was a simple little thing, but he said, that veil was torn not so that we could get in, so that God could get out. I mean, he's not confined by that, but that he wants to be with us everywhere, that we don't have to go to one location to be with God anymore. God's like, I'm going to be with you everywhere. And I think that that's the thing that driving in my car, sitting in my cubicle, going to bed at night, waking up in the morning, that I just turn my attention to the fact that God is with me. God is with me right now. And I think that that's so much of turning our attentions and our affections toward that reality. That is a reality. God hasn't left you. He hasn't abandoned you. Even sometimes we actually, I'm going to talk about us. We have a song about when you walk into the room. And it's a great worship song, and the principle is valid. But the reality is, is, is God didn't walk into the room. He was there. We just became aware of him. <laughs> the, the, you know what I'm saying? Like God was already with us, and we just became aware of him. We use the language, ooh, God just walked, you know, that kind of, at least in our charismatic circles we do. I don't know how many are listening to are charismatic or not, but you'll get my point. But it is that thing of like our job is to become aware of God is with me right now. I'll tell you why this matters. There's a lot, but the Lord really challenged me a while ago that that anytime I feel discouraged or anytime I feel hopeless, it's because I have I am believing a lie somewhere. Mm. So hopelessness and discouragement are connected to a lie. And almost always the lie that I believe is that either God is not with me or he's not for me that God is not with me or not for me. So 
The Bible says something different. The Bible says that God is with me and that he is for me. But the lie that I believe is that God is not with me or he's not for me. So when I approach my finances and I feel hopeless, I feel discouraged. The lie I'm believing is God is not with me or he's not for me. I call it situational atheism. I am approaching my finances as if God's not with me. And so I feel hopeless and discouraged. Maybe my marriage, I feel hopeless or discouraged in my marriage. It's because I'm viewing it as if God's not with me or not for me. When I view the nation and I feel hopeless and discouraged, when I view my future, when I view whatever. And so I think the awareness of his presence, it really brings that truth that God is with me and that he's for me. He'll never leave me. He'll never be. There's never a situation I'm going to go into that God is not with me. And I think it's important that we live there. Well, so this is really powerful. And we can like stop right there. It's like we got the mic drop moment because even as we're recording this, it's kind of the middle of 2021. This episode will post probably in the fall. It's like over the last 20 months, everyone's gotten discouraged defeated, hopeless people. You know, I was just talking to someone recently and we were just talking about what was going on. And they were like, it feels like my house got robbed. Like we've lost an innocence. We feel vulnerable given all that's gone on in the world. And as you're talking, when I feel these things, it's because I'm believing a lie. These are the lies. Unpack a little bit about that, how you and your family, you know, the Jesus culture family is walking through all that stuff. Because I think right now, everybody who's listening is like, yeah, I feel hopeless. Yeah, I feel discouraged. So unpack that a little bit more for us, how that's playing at a street level. Yeah, well, I would say this real quick. We have to be a people that guard our heart above all else. So in other words, the Bible talks about picking up our shield of truth and the buckler. And it's the concept that the arrows that are flying at us are lies. Lies are the, this is the native tongue of the devil. This is his native tongue. He's the father of lies. He's trying to lie to you. And so this is why scripture, this is why you have to hide his word in your heart. You have to fill your life with scripture because it is truth. And so it's the shield against all these lies. But what happens is, and this is what I would encourage and challenge people with, we drop the guard around our heart. And when we drop the guard around our heart, lies begin to find a foothold. And I will just tell you this, if you feel hopeless or if you feel discouraged, there's a lie you're believing. Nowhere in scripture, nowhere does it say it's hopeless for you. (laughs) Nowhere in scripture does it say that. And so I'm believing a lie. Okay, I've dropped the guard around my heart for some reason, and the enemy has found access to plant seeds. So one of the practical things, just as a community and discipleship that we have to do is go, okay, are we guarding our heart? And one of the ways that we guard our heart, quite frankly, is you need to stay in a place of refreshing or strength. You see this with Elijah. Elijah full on was on the top of the mountain and, I mean, believed God. Imagine being in this spot where the entire nation's looking at you, 450 prophets, Bill, all this type of stuff, and you just stand in the truth of God that he's going to respond with fire. I mean, this is a guy that was full of faith. The next day, he's discouraged and believing lies. 
But here's why I believe, because I think he was worn out. Paint this picture. It's three and a half years of drought. He's on the run. The entire nation blames him for their problems. They're in massive famine because of the drought, and they blame him for it. He's just worn down. And so when he's worn down, and naturally, this is why you have to be so aware in this season. It is a season that has worn us down. We are exhausted from all of the stuff, all the social media, all the news, all the pandemic, all the unrest, all the election, all the, put it all together, all the unknown, all the uncertainty. We're just tired. And so when this happens, we drop the guard around our heart. And when we drop the guard, the enemy finds access that he didn't have before. And we begin to believe lies. And so what I would say is this, even if you look at the story of Elijah, you just have to pay attention. And one of the things I would tell you is first and foremost, do what God gave Elijah. Don't ever underestimate the power of a meal and a nap. I think as believers, sometimes we tend to separate the physical and spiritual. We somehow think they're not connected. But listen to me, if you're tired physically, it absolutely affects you spiritually. You begin to drop the guard. Tired emotionally, tired physically, tired mentally. And so there's just practical things that we're like, listen, make sure that you are physically getting the rest you need because it is absolutely connected to the spiritual realm. The problem is in some of our circles, and listen, I'm a diehard prayer guy and a diehard, I love, like, I believe in fasting and prayer. But sometimes we're like, I'm discouraged. You know what you need to do? You need to get less sleep and you need to eat less food. And sometimes I'm like, no, I think you need to get more sleep and have some really good meals because that's the most spiritual thing you can do right now. And then you just have to be filling your heart with the word of God. But that's practical speaking. Like, guys, it's been a really crazy wearing season to think that somehow this wouldn't be where the enemy starts to try to gain access in your life because you've dropped the guard in your heart. Don't drop the guard in your marriage. Don't drop it in your walk with God. Don't do, you know, because of this time. Does that make sense, Daniel? Oh, it makes total sense. And just so you know, you're not rambling at all. You're just spitting fire <laughs> right now. Because listen, when, when you think about what we've all gone through, I always think of the acronym HALT that people who've gone through 12 steps learn about, that really temptation is challenging when you're hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. Yeah. So yeah. like, what's funny is in the Elijah story, you teased out the hungry and the tired, but don't miss the fact after that was he stood alone so like so this is this is pre-elisha right and so he's standing alone and then obviously i mean he just oversaw the execution of 450 so like i'm sure that he wasn't like the most stoic dude in the moment you're exactly right so it's like he's got the four pillars of you know this is where lies yeah and i I love what you're saying you know as as you're quoting really from what uh proverbs 4 23 that we should keep our heart or guard our heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life and you're saying hey listen if we're not guarding our hearts we're starting to lower that you know that shield of faith and then lies are getting in and then you know lies are like seeds and then they start to grow and then before you know it they start overtaking our perspective how we see the world how we see god how we see the people in our lives and so as you said earlier like we i think banning and i will both say you know right now in this moment you need to be a part of the local church because you were created to be part of the body 
And, and not just a casual, like, I think the big issue we have now is that people think, well, I can be kind of casually involved in church. It's like, no, no, no. Like you, you thank God my eyes are not just casually a part of my body. My stomach, we're talking about eating. I'm grateful. My stomach isn't like, yeah, if I'm here, I'm here. It's like, no, I want to eat. I want to digest it. I want to get fuel from it. I want my taste buds to work. And I think everybody needs to connect to a local community where God's presence is there. Not something that's just bland, but something that really invigorates your soul. It helps you really take those steps because one of the ways I think that the lies that we believe have light shown on them is through a brother or a sister in Christ who knows us and loves us and calls it out. A hundred percent. Listen, here's what I'd say about, I think that isolated people are the biggest targets for discouragement. And if you look at the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit flow through people. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. These are things that are flowing through people to us. And Paul even writes in Romans, he says, I long to be with you that our mutual faith might encourage one another. There's this concept that when our lives come together, courage is a result of it. And that casual thing. Okay, this is fascinating. You're saying this right now. Because one of my concerns of coming out of this pandemic is that people would begin to approach things casually. I approach scripture casually. I approach community casually. But the reality is, is the Bible talks very clearly about those two areas and how we are to submit to them. Talking about coming humbly with meekness, receiving the word. Talking about 1 Peter 5, 5, where it says, submit yourselves to your elders and to one another. That word submit is hardcore. It's hardcore. If you really go look at the Greek, I mean, it's like you do and you obey. Like, it's not a casual concept. What I relate it to a little bit is, so when it comes to community and the word of God, you can't be casual with it. There's a submission that's required from this. I remember my daughter asked a real legitimate question in her teenage years. She goes, Dad, why get married? Why not just live with the person? She's a teenager and just asking questions. She was wondering, like, what's the difference? Why not just go live with somebody? And I was able to unpack with her the concept of a covenant compared to casual. And I'm like, well, marriage involves a covenant. There's a weightiness around it. You can go live with somebody, but there's no covenant involved. It's just casual. There's not a weightiness to it. And sometimes I think we approach church, we approach community like that. We're kind of more shacking up with church. We shack up with scripture. Are you allowed to put it that? You know, is that an old 60s phrase? But you get the point. And I'm like, no, no, no. We're called to come into covenant. We come to covenant with the word of God, covenant with community. And that's where life is found. You're not going to find life in the casual. Does that make sense what I'm saying? And I think it's important. I do think coming out of this season, Daniel, I would say this real quick. I really believe that one of the things we have to do in this season is be aware. I think that we need to be honest with ourselves and we need to be aware. These are two things that as I walk with people pastorally, I find that they're not always aware of themselves. They're not aware of what's going on internally and they're not being honest. I mean, I come from an athletic world that's like, dude, you sprain your ankle, suck it up, get back in the game. What is your problem? And we laugh. We were at a game middle school just a few years ago for my son. And one of the dad's kids fell down and was holding his ankle. And the dad's like, get up. (laughs) Like, get up. Like, we just have like, you sprained your ankle, tape it up, take a shot, get back out there, suck it up. The problem is, is we're doing that with our emotional health. 
Mm. And we're not stopping long enough to go, what's going on? I am hurt. I am sad. I am scared. I am lonely. This is what's going on inside of me. And because I am not stopping long enough to pay attention, my inner world is causing real issues. It's manifesting in my life. I kind of changed subjects on you, but I think that all of that, am I isolated? Am I hurt? Am I in pain? Good. And now what am I going to do about it? Amen. Well, and I think what you're getting at, it's very prevalent culturally right now, this idea of what's going on on the inside and what is challenging about it. And to kind of link up what we were, you were talking about before, awareness of what's going on on the inside without the presence of God becomes almost an adventure in narcissism. I know you have some insights into this. So, so talk about this, not because you went through it, but as a pastor and as a follower of Jesus, how the presence of God, as we are stopping and really dealing with the things that we're finding going on inside, because those emotions are real, those feelings are real. And if we don't stop, if we're not honest and aware of it, then you just kind of move through the world, wounded and broken, wounding and breaking people without God's transformational presence at work. Yeah. If you ask us what our church is about, we want people to encounter the transforming love and power of God. And then we talk a lot about pushing people to three soils because I believe the Bible is very clear in John 15 that as believers and throughout scripture, there's a picture that's painted that we're trees that are to bear fruit. Hmm. And so we're to bear fruit. We're to bear a lot of fruit. But then John 15 says that we're to bear fruit that remains or fruit that lasts. What he's describing is healthy fruit. In every area of our life, there should be healthy fruit that's bearing. In my marriage, in my relationships, in my finances, in my personal life, in my purity, in my whatever else it is, that the manifestation of my life is fruit. So what we challenge people with is healthy fruit is a result of the soil you're planting yourself in. In other words, I went to my wife's granny. She's 99 now, but she used to live on a farm. And I remember going to visit her on this farm. I didn't grow up on a farm. I grew up in the suburbs. I got my fruit from the grocery store like everybody else. But when I went to this farm, there was a big, huge orange tree. And I said, granny, can I take one of those oranges? She goes, of course. I picked this orange and I ate this orange and I'm not here to exaggerate. It was the most unbelievable piece of fruit I'd ever had. It was like juicy and sweet and the right texture. It's unbelievable. And I just said, Granny, why is this fruit so good? You know what she started to talk about? She started to describe the soil in that region. Oh, she said, oh, the soil is a certain depth. It's a certain mixture. It's a certain whatever else. And I realized that the reason why the fruit was so good was because the soil that it was planted in was the right soil. So here's where we push people. And here's what I'm talking about. If you want to be healthy, if you want to bear fruit, then you've got to be in the soil of God's presence. You've got to be in the soil of God's word. And you've got to be in the soil of God's community. And that healthy, thriving, vibrant, fruit-bearing, freedom believers are found in the presence of God, are found in the word of God, and are found in the family of God. And so all of this stuff, that when I'm aware of, oh, there's hurt and there's pain and there's unhealthy, broken things going on inside of me, it's the same for all of it. I got to go get in the presence of God. I got to go get in the word of God. And I got to go get in the family of God. Those are the three soils 
that are going to bring healing and health and wholeness so that my life can bear fruit in this world. Beautiful. There's so much more that I want to talk about, but I realize our time is running short. We haven't even gotten into your books, whether it's the Three Mile Walk, the newest one, Rooted, the Jesus Culture book, the journey to be a world changer. And so, but we're going to bring this to a close. So I have two final questions. One, if you could talk to every person, all over 8 billion people in the world, if there's one thing that you could tell them, you just had a few sentences, what would you tell them? There is a God who is a father who created you and loves you and your life will find its greatest fulfillment in knowing that God. This is the great lie that people either don't believe there is a God or if they do believe there is a God, they don't know his nature and character. And Jesus came to reveal who the father was. Even the Israelites who knew God as judge and creator, they didn't know him as father. And Jesus came and said, he's a father. So, I mean, if I could talk to everybody, it would be like, listen, you were created with great love by a father who longs to be in relationship with you. And your life will never find its fulfillment in anything outside of that relationship. So, I mean, this is the message and this is what we're about. And this is what we're giving our lives for ultimately is for people to know that love. Amen. The gospel. Amen. Yeah, the gospel, the gospel, pretty much. John 3.16. If I could speak to everybody in the world, it would be John 3.16. But that concept of the father, that Jesus came to reveal the father. It's the great lie. The great lie that we've believed in the world is a lie about who God is and the lie about how God sees us. The enemy wants to distort how we view God. And the enemy wants to distort how we see God viewing us. And so I would probably just try to say something about that. Amen. And Banning, if people want to find you, the church, your books, where's the yeah. easiest place on the interwebs that people can yeah. find you and all that you're involved? Uh, you can go to jesusculture.com. Jesusculture.com will have all that stuff and social media and stuff. So. Awesome. Well, Banning, thanks so much for joining me uh, on the crazy. I just appreciate you so much, bro. I, Daniel, I mean this. I'm not just saying this because we're on the podcast and doing, but I really genuinely, man, with the message that you're carrying, the heart that you're carrying it with, what you're calling people to and encouraging them. I love it, man. I'm encouraged by it. I'm challenged by it. I'm inspired by it. And I just love unexpected friendships. Man, let's run together. I love it. Amen. Well, everybody out there, thanks for joining me and Benning Liebscher here on the Crazy Happy Podcast. I almost said the Jesus Culture Podcast. The Crazy <laughs> Happy Podcast. Is there a Jesus Culture Podcast? There is. We got it all. Okay. I was going to say, I'm like, if there's not, I'm, I just changed my podcast name. So, so <laughs> listen, thanks for joining me on the Crazy Happy Podcast. I'm Daniel Fusco. Listen, let's get crazy happy in the presence of Jesus. God bless you all. Have a great time. It's hard to find the answers when you don't know what the questions are. Many people are looking for the reason for their existence. The pandemic and the related restrictions have given people time without external distractions to think about who they are and why they're here. Pastors Daniel and Banning continued their discussion about these searches. 
More importantly, they talked about the answer, which is found in Jesus. If you'd like to listen to more from the Crazy Happy Podcast, you can visit JesusIsRealRadio.com or look for Pastor Daniel Fusco on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll be notified each time a new edition is posted. And then be sure to join Pastor Daniel and journalist Billy Hallowell for more discussions and interviews that are relevant to your life today. Now back to Josh with a preview for next Friday's edition. Pastor Banning had a lot of thought-provoking things to say, as did Pastor Daniel. The idea of needing the soil of God's presence, the soil of God's word, and the soil of God's community, the church. He explained that just as plants need good quality soil to grow and flourish, Christians need the same thing. Christians need to get away from the loner mentality for the sake of their spiritual and mental health, get into these three soils. Well, that's all the time we have for this special Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Today's broadcast was produced from the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco. Be sure to subscribe to the Crazy Happy Podcast today and be sure to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.